Before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discuss during the narrative game should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. And now, on with the show. Again, you, you've you've been you've been kind of isolated up there in rural Connecticut for a little while. Oh man, Grant! It was first of all, it's great to great to be talking again. I, you know, we were going to record this, I think, a week ago. Yeah, but you know, here we are in the in in the woods of Connecticut. We we get hit by a tropical storm, uh, <laughs> and which seems kind of funny, right? A tropical storm up in up in Connecticut. Yeah, but but we were without. Uh, electricity, internet, of course. We were without cell phone coverage for a full week. A full week in the year of our Lord 2020 in, you know, Connecticut, an hour outside of New York City. A week. Yeah. A week. It's amazing. I mean, it really yeah. is amazing. But what, what was the problem? Oh, it, you know, both rank incompetence and, and what I think we're seeing happen with entrenched monopolies or you know oligarchies everywhere in this case it's a it's a power company of course you know the ceo made 11 million dollars cash last year and uh you know they 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 raised their rates two weeks ago because golly you know the they've 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 got to get theirs and then when this tropical storm was predicted to hit they decided to to make the bet that it would be a a dud it wasn't and so they failed to provide the thing that they're supposed to provide in exchange for getting a a, a monopoly and in, in providing electricity. It's the same old story, Grant. Yeah, you know, yeah, even just well, it's the same as I guess PG and E we had out in the West Coast last year, right? Similar, similar yeah. kind of debacle. Exactly the same thing. It's it, it it's the privatization of public utilities, right? Things that that that, that are truly public goods that have to be provided in this sort of, I'll call it monopoly-like fashion, right? You, you, you can't have multiple companies investing whatever it costs to put in the infrastructure yeah. for, you know, last mile, uh, you know, electricity distribution, right? And, uh, and yet, because we've privatized now these companies and we've allowed management of these companies to become... Uh, fiefdoms for generational wealth development, <laughs> right? You, 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 you end up like with the, the 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 PGE tragedy. You end up with, you know, this not a tragedy, but it was a darn <laughs> inconvenience here. It's a it's a it's a betrayal, right? It's it, it it's a it's a it's a betrayal of the public trust. It's a betrayal of the the public good. It's a betrayal of our country. Uh, and it's it, it it happens big and small in an accelerating fashion. Well, so, you know, that, that 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 I mean that's the perfect setup for actually for what I wanted what I wanted to talk to you about, and this is why I contacted you last week about something you wrote. But before yeah. before we get to that, and I, and I want to talk about 
uh, Griff, because you've, you've put yeah. out a couple of spectacular pieces about that. Thank you. But before I talk to you about that, I, I, there's something else that kind of hijacked my thoughts in between, and that was a video you posted of um, the, the the briefly um, ubiquitous Jonathan Swan interview of, of President Trump for mm-hmm. Axios, I think it was, mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. week. And um, I, I think you posted this clip and said that you, you, there was just, just nothing you had to say. <laughs> you just couldn't yeah. think of anything to say. I just sad. It. it just made me yeah. sad. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I watched it and, you know, I was, I, I felt similarly, but but the po- I, I made a point in a tweet uh, yeah. about the, the, the complete loss of respect for the office. And, and obviously I, I got piled on, as, as you do, by both sides. Um, and, and, and you actually also replied saying that was the furthest thing from what I noticed. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting into that, I, I wanted to talk to you about it now. Because my, my point in doing that was what I think you saw in the, in, the, in the video and what everybody saw in the video was obvious. It was plain to see the, the, the now commonplace obfuscation and and just nonsense that we've become used to in this in this modern age and you from 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 the president of the united states yeah, yeah. and and, yeah. and you you came back to me and asked me about my thoughts on the on the chris wallace interview um you know did, yes did i think that and 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 i purposely left that for this because i wanted to talk to you about it um so so we could kind of share this conversation because i'm interested but, but if in i could just you know just interrupt no please uh, grant you know just for for the audience listening to that i i you know your point about the I call it the process of the interview that the interviewer, you know Jonathan Swan, clearly you know the eye rolls and yeah, the you know exactly. oh you know what are exactly. you doing you know so it it, it your, your point was in the I'm not going to use the word decorum because that that sounds too fuddy duddy and and that wasn't <laughs> I don't think the point you were trying to make you you were the the point i think you're trying to make and and i think it's it's accurate right it it just wasn't on my mind when i was watching the video it was on yours was that we've we've now in this we're now in this world where that the eye rolls and the you know the the the, the, the ham exasperation with everything yeah it, this 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 is what we are now Right. And, and so it wasn't that I thought your, your observation was, was, was wrong. Right. And, and in fact, it was striking to me that until somebody calls it out, we've become so inured to all of this that we don't realize, Hey, this is really different. This is, (laughs) this is really different from the way it was not so long ago. You know, it's the other, you know, Twitter internet meme. I'm old enough to remember, you know, well, (laughs) You know, if you're if you're more than you know four or five years old, you're you're old enough to remember when it wasn't like this. Yeah, yeah. And and so I I, I thought your your point was 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 spot on. Uh, it was just you know that wasn't what I was thinking about no, when sure. I was watching it, and and I think intentionally so. You know, on both sides, they you know try to you know make it so that's not what you're thinking about. But but I was curious, right? Because the the the, the Chris Wallace interview of Donald Trump, which I don't know if you read. All of the, the the attributes of this are so are so interesting to me. For example, the very low slung chair that Donald Trump yeah, sits, yeah. sat in yeah, for both it was interviews. It's like a child's chair. In a, it's in like a, a child's chair, classroom. and yeah. and obviously this was not selected by Fox or Axios, right? This is selected by the White House by Trump himself as what he wanted to sit in to present himself in a certain way, and you know, and I've written notes about this before. I mean, it's the you know, he sits in these low-slung chairs. 
spreads his knees, put his hands behind the knees, forms this little, you know, inverted pyramid shape with his hands. This is all intentional, right? And this, this, this is all part of the process by which, in this case, the president wants to present himself. And in response, we get how the interviewers want mm-hmm. to present themselves. And, and, and I just find it so fascinating Right, and I hadn't really thought about it in this context until you raised it. So that that does bring me to my question, though, which is the Fox interview with Chris Wallace, which had some similar kind of, you know, I'll call it contentious moments, you know, yeah. around the oh the test you took for you know your mental competence, and Chris yep. was well, I took that test. <laughs> you know right. I, mean? <laughs> I know I know what the word for an elephant is, and you know, and you know, I can remember three words. In order. So that's the question. What did you think of that interview? And was it something about Jonathan Swan that was particularly noticeable on this for you? Well, this, this, and this was what was so interesting to me because when you brought that up, it, it, you know, it, it immediately took me back to Chris Wallace because I actually thought Chris Wallace was, was every bit as confrontational as Swan, except he did it in a much better way because. I was just exasperated with Swan in the end. I was like, look, you're, you're just yeah. overplaying your hand here, right? You, you, the, all the eye rolling and the, the confused faces and, and all that stuff, right? I'm watching that and I'm thinking, stop it. No, stop it. You, you, you're making great points, but you're just, you're just obscuring you're detracting. This, this little kind of vaudeville act you're putting on. And I went back and, and, and watched, well, watched, I listened to the interview again. And I just took it out of my mind that it was Trump. I was like, this is somebody interviewing a guest. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to it without watching it, all you hear is the interviewer not at any point allow the interviewee to finish a point. He just talks over him, interrupts, you know, contests everything. And and it's it's such a wasted opportunity because in all the interviews I've seen, Trump does the interviewers work for them for for most of the time. You know, if if you if you actually let the guy speak, he will do more for your cause most of the time than than you will by interrupting him. And so I went back and watched Chris Wallace again, and Chris Wallace pushed back as you said on a number mm-hmm. of points, but did very so effectively, very effectively and very respectfully. And it wasn't it, it, he didn't make it about him. He made it about the questions, and and you know he was composed and comported and. I just found that a so much more effective way when, when you you almost use the expected deference to the office in your favour by being deferential and confrontational at the same time. It's just so much more powerful than being a, 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 a you know a, a cheap vaudeville act. So so here's where I'm going to agree and I'm going to disagree with you, Grant. I'm gonna, and I'm going to use an example from my own writing. And I bet you've had similar experiences in your own writing. <laughs> So where, where I'm going to disagree with you is when you say it's more powerful. Okay. Right? And, and, and what I mean by that is for, for, for all the reaction uh, in the press and, and after the Chris Wallace interview, that interview didn't get the play, right? It didn't. And, yeah, and when I say true. powerful, right, it didn't. It, it, I'm just saying in just objective terms. The Chris Wall, you know, think of these interviews as 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 pebbles you drop in a puddle, right? The Chris Wallace interview, in terms of the wave that it yeah. made, right, was okay, but small. the The wave that dropping the 
the Jonathan Swan Axios interview was much larger. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it was because of Swan's mugging for, for, for the camera, for, for, the, for the theater, the theatrics yeah. in which it was presented. So I think it was more powerful. Now, both for a matter of taste, which is a small thing, but also for a matter of truthfulness with a capital T, which is not a small thing, which is a very important thing. It certainly used to be. It used to be, and this is going to be right. Then I thought the Chris Wallace interview was a better interview. Right? The experience I had just recently, I was writing this most recent grifter's note, and uh, there's a section in there where I talk about Honeywell, uh, the, one of the, yeah. the main corporations that makes uh, the N95 medical yeah. respirators, the N95 masks, and the, and, and the way that the Honeywell has played ball, right, with the White House to, to give their facilities as a backdrop for Trump to make, you know, campaigns, essentially campaign speeches and photo ops and, and the like. Yeah. And in the original draft of that note, I had a whole section about uh, the Honeywell CEO's uh, compensation package, which is, you know, as you might expect from any rational perspective, egregious, right? I yeah. mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, he's been given Honeywell stock, you know, trades at, I call it 160 bucks a share. And over the last two years, he's been CEO and chairman for three years. The last three years, he's been given over 600,000 options on Honeywell stock. You know, this, this is something that if he plays his card rights, the options last for 10 years, this can be worth hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. to him. And, you know, not to mention the restricted stock units, the free stock. The, the, the man has never used his own money to buy a single share of Honeywell stock in his <laughs> right, life. Right, right. right. And, and, you know, he sells it every year. Last year, he sold $7.5 million worth of the stock that was given to him. This year so far, he sold $4 million worth of stock. This is on top of, you know, 6 to $10 million in cash compensation. And I had this whole section about it. And, and Rusty was, was, Rusty's my partner in, yeah. uh, at Epsilon Theory. And we read each other's notes before we, 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 we publish them. And Rusty said, look, it's an amazing note. It's going to be so popular and it'll be a blockbuster. But, but I got to ask you, why are you calling out the Honeywell CEO in this note, right? Why are you going through your version of theatrics, Ben? <laughs> right? Right? Because that's yeah, my yeah, version yeah, yeah. of theatrics. Yeah, okay. Right? And 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 I and I stopped and I and I thought about it and said, you know what? You're right. I know this section that I just wrote would be extremely popular, right? People eat this shit up, Grant. You know this, right? Yeah. Where you talk about the greedy CEO who's getting, you know. 600,000 options granted to him, right? You know, and, and it's just like, are you kidding me? But it wasn't directly pertinent to the story I was trying to tell about yeah. the, really the, the political grift around uh, N95 mass production distribution, this, 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 this country. And so I ended up taking it out. And I know in my heart that taking it out you know, addition by subtraction, uh, Yogi Berra used to say, yeah, it made the, the piece stronger and more truthful with a capital T. What I also know is that I lost a whole group of readers who would have been enraged and attracted by that theatricalness that I had inserted into the, into the note. 
and and so it's it's a I, I can't help myself sometimes, but to put it in there, I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I've got a partner like Rusty who can say, no, you know, really, is this, is this who we want to be right to kind of set up this theatrical, Oh, here are the bad people with a capital B and a capital P. And the answer is no, that's not, that's not who we want to be, but damn is if, if it isn't powerful, if, if yeah. it isn't effective, Right in in making the content that 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 you create and I create, you know, it's it's hard, man. It, no, it's, it's it's really hard. And, and every time I sit down to write, I remember that Blaise Pascal quote. You know, if I if I had time, I would have written you a shorter letter, <laughs> yes. which I think is is such a perfect for anyone that writes. It's such a perfect quote because you know they, they, they comes about if you had more time, you would subtract rather than add because you you, you tend to put all this stuff down. And it's only going through that you realize I could tighten up here and I could tighten up there. But, but you know, that when you, when you talk about um, theatrics and, and, and losing those views and stuff, that, that, that's exactly what I was thinking about when you were talking about the Jonathan Swan mm-hmm. interview versus the Chris Wallace interview in terms of the reception it received. And that, that is such a, a perfect example of what's become important. It's not the substance of, of that interview, but it's the reaction to it. And uh, and of course, if as as a as a as a I like to think of myself as a level-headed observer of these things, and, and I and I I try very very hard not to let politics cloud mm-hmm. what I think about these things, and I try and watch all these things with as much dispassion as as I can. It's the substance that's important, which is which is you know why I I just look past all the the Jonathan Swan mugging and Trump's you know. Uh, just some of those ridiculous things he said and the and the charts he was pulling out and all I just look yeah. past that at at what I'm watching and 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 I just found that the 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 Chris Wallace thing so much more meaningful to me simply because I'm watching someone hold someone's feet to the fire in a in what was a much more calm much more elegant way which I find paints the person whose feet you're trying to hold to the fire in a much worse light and does a much more effective job of it. But your point is absolutely right. It received a fraction of the coverage that Swans did. And so, you know, it's just another example of that kind of hollowing out of of everything that used to be meaningful or important or carry weight is is just slowly being replaced by clicks and likes and and views and reaction. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right, Grant. And, you know, and and it's not that this is – that this was never the case, right? No. Effective politicians have always known this. You, you know, effective entertainers and and uh, uh, providers of popular culture. They, we've always known this, right? But but the difference today is, I, I think, twofold. First is everybody's in on the act, right? Yes. <laughs> meaning meaning yes. that what does it mean to be a successful uh, CEO? It means being able to tell the story about your company. To tell the 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 style and present it in a style, a winning style, as opposed to you know whatever it is you're actually doing. Yeah. Right? What is it that makes an effective central banker? Right. It's again telling the right story and 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 having the winning style uh, as a, as opposed to substance. And and everybody who is successful now realizes, okay, this is the game we have to play. So I, I think. That's issue number one, that everyone's in on the act. And then issue number two is that this is the, 
I think, the most powerful impact of our changes in technology, right? The, the fact that we carry around little dopamine machines with us all the time in the form of, form of our, you know, of our uh, cell phones, yeah. right? Our smartphones. That's what they are. They're little, you and I have had this conversation before. They're little we dopamine have. machines. And, and so when we have this dopamine economy, well, by God, the world is going to supply that dopamine. <laughs> yeah. And that's what these things do, right? That, that's, what, that's what it means to have a winning style. Are you providing dopamine to your audience? And if you do, you're going to be successful. And if you don't, you're going to be kicked to the roadside in favor of someone who will. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this marriage of, okay, this is the new economy. These are the new you know, addiction devices that everyone has. So, so that's the way the world's going to work. Well, you know, this, I mean, this does bring us nicely to, to the main subject at hand this week, which is, which is this, this, this grift that you kind mm-hmm. of highlighted there, but steered away from in that particular letter. Um, because again, it's, 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 it wraps all the things that we've spoken about. It wraps narrative, it wraps in the news cycle, it wraps in outrage, it wraps in all these things um, that kind of become more and more transitory by the episode, it seems. Um, and the, and the, the first one of these that you highlighted, which, which was what really made me want to talk to you, was, was the Kodak situation. Yep. Now, now, perhaps you could just talk about that and also what, what it was about that after you've, more than anybody, I think, been observing this stuff but, uh, you know, and, and pointing it out. But what made you start to write the, the Grifters series? And, and, and just explain for, I mean, there will be people that haven't seen that masterpiece of a movie. So perhaps you can just wrap the whole thing into a nice little bundle for people. Sure, sure, sure. So, so the Grifters is a, a phenomenal movie. Uh, John Cusack and um, Angelica Houston, uh, Annette Bening, who was you know, nominated yeah. for, for an Academy Award for a performance there. And it's, and it's about the world of con men and con women, because everyone in the movie is a, a grifter. Uh, you know, maybe they're working on a long con, a short con, maybe they're working for the mob, maybe they're working for themselves, but they are all confidence game players. Right? And it's, uh, it's a movie that's both funny and sad. It's, it's based on, a, on, on an amazing novel um, anyway, it's, it's for my, for my money it's the best movie that was made, that's ever been made about confidence games. Right. And da- I can hear David Mamet bashing himself in the head right now. <laughs> right, 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 right. There, there's a scene in, in, in that movie where it, it's just horrific in its psychological violence, where the mob boss has had one of his money laundering schemes you know, interrupted by uh, Angelica Houston, one of the grifters. And so he terrorizes her by, by threatening her with this, this brutal punishment, which is uh, used in insurance scams, apparently. Uh, you know, you put oranges or grapefruits, wrap them up in a towel, and you just beat the crap out of somebody. And it leaves these big, awful-looking bruises. But if you do it right, it doesn't do any serious damage to the person who's getting beat up. But if you don't do it right, if you're a little careless and you're, you know, hitting somebody with this big bag of oranges, you know, it messes you up for life. As, as Bobo, the mob ball says, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you won't shit right for the rest of your life. And it's just like I say, it's, it's a scene of intense uh, psychological violence. And, and it just struck me that we are all living in this, this ocean of grift 
right? Where every day we, and again, we just become inured to it, right? You know, yeah. it's not just the theatricalness of our world that we become inured to. It's just the, the daily outrages of fraud and cons and, you know, big and little, you know, long and short. We're just swimming in this ocean of it. And I, 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 just, I just was so taken aback by the, 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 the Kodak episode where, you know, the U.S. government made a $765 million non-recourse, non-securitized loan to Kodak, <laughs> you know, to do something that Kodak has never done before. And <laughs> just because they're politically connected, $765 million. Here you go, guys. Have fun. And then there were the stock shenanigans around that, and 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 it just it was just such an egregious example of just being hit again by this sack of oranges, and just oh here's another bruise that you know that was my hook, the Grifters movie, and getting hit by a sack of oranges, and here was my verse, the first verse, the 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 Kodak quote unquote loan to this you know politically connected but you know, this ridiculous example of, of just thievery. Right. Yeah. And it, 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 it is striking. And this does play back to, to, to what we were talking about earlier. So it, it's, okay, you know what, I'm going to write a whole series of notes about this. So, so the, the one I wrote this week was about the grift, the political grift around um, N95 masks, yeah. the masks that doctors and nurses and EMTs and, you know, you use to, protect yourself uh, from, 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 from COVID and, and, and the way that the, the masks are being hoarded, the masks are being uh, not distributed where they need to go. It's just, it literally is a crime, <laughs> right? It's, 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 it's just, it's well, just and horrible. The, and the deeper you get into that piece that you wrote this week, the, the worst, you know, I, I, as I was yeah. reading it, I just, I, you, you just get more and more angry about the whole thing. When you, you get do, down into you, the photo ops and all the other, it's just oh my god, it's it, it it is it is literally unbelievable. And yet, here's the thing, Grant. Here's going to, going to tie back, and so it's a kind of a question for you. You know, there, there's been a nice response to the grifters piece about the N95 masks, and I, and I'm so proud of that note. The Kodak note, I you know, it took me a day to write it. It, it it's 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 not as Frankly, Kodak is not as big of a betrayal. It's not as big of a grift as the 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 mask, the N95 mask issue is. The Kodak is is a much smaller thing, right? And yet that Kodak note was much more popular. There was something about it that was much more theatrical. It was much more Jonathan Swan than the most recent note, which was more Chris Wallace. And I've been trying to figure out what was the cord that the Kodak note plucked in its popular reaction versus the N95 mask? I've got, I've got an idea, but, but well, I'm, let, I'm let me throw it off first. to you. Let, let yeah, let me ask you guess. the question. Yeah, let me have a guess. I, I, would, I, would think, I would think two things. Uh, one is a, a, a household name company. And, and even though 3M... Mm -hmm and Honeywell are household names, literally, and you know, they provide household products. Kodak is something with which people are familiar. Yep. And the second is the share price chart. Yes. So you can show people a picture and say, hey, look at this. And they go, yes. well, what the hell happened there? That, that, would be, that would be my guess as to why. I think that's exactly it. I, I think that we have become so deadened to 
oh, another White House, you know, kind of con job, you know, yeah. yawn, right? Whereas here, what 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 do you, what do you mean that there was you know thirty times the trading in you know Kodak stock the day before this announcement, yeah. right? I, you know what do you what do you mean that the CEO was given one point something million shares of stock the day before yeah. the announcement was made? That was what that, I'm certain that's what it was. I'm certain that's what it was. There there was there's something about that immediacy, right? Yeah. That the, the the visceralness of here are the villains and here's how they made money in this event that doesn't it's just not the same when you're talking about a much bigger and actually much more injurious con game that's being played in America, which is the N95 mask. It didn't have that theatricalness to it. No, right? absolutely not. So I I've just been running this over in my head, Grant. You know, over because the the next chapter I want to write on the grifters is the grift that happens around uh, U.S. banks, and in particular the you know recent legislation that came out with the CARES Act, the mm-hmm. you know the the Coronavirus Protection Act. There are these clauses in there that allow banks to extend and pretend on their loan books. I, I mean, it's just it's just so egregious. I, I mean, it's just it allows them to take non-performing loans and put them in, in what's called a deferred loan bucket right? where where you don't have to to put the same sort of you know reserves against them uh you don't have to raise capital uh you it, it's 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 all there to again to bail out or protect banks and the people who own them right and it's just it's just it's just naked it's just it's just it's just yeah, ah, you but, know, but, but, it, but again, isn't it? Isn't it? But it doesn't have the hook. Is, it doesn't have the hook. It, it, it again, it's all about. I, I, I keep referring to this as the as the Andre Agassi economy, right? It images everything, and and, mm-hmm. and and we get to that point where what the thinking around that is: look, if we can keep the non-performing loan numbers low, then everything's okay because people aren't going to freak out. So, how do we keep the numbers low? It doesn't matter that you've got the non-performing loans; we just mustn't. Let people see that number because if they see the number, they'll panic. If they don't see the number, life will carry on. And that's right. Or it's, or it's like testing and coronavirus testing. I mean, right. it's like, oh, well, it's, it's not that the cases are going to be the actual real world cases are going to go away if you test less, right? Right. right. But, but the image will be less. I mean, how does it change? Because you, you, how does it change? I don't do know. We get here very, very incrementally, but, but it seems to be almost as if the memo has kind of got through and people now understand that we kind of accidentally started doing this on a small scale with with people not wishing to look bad and then it became companies not wishing to look bad and then it became countries not wishing to look bad um and but we've now kind of accidentally got here and we realize that it is images everything and and as long as things don't optically look bad you can convince people that they're okay is there anything that ultimately can break that because that that really resonates with with the economy and the stock market given the coronavirus damage. I mean, it, optically, the stock market looks okay, so therefore everything else must be okay. When anyone with any degree of sentience will know that that's not the case. You know, I'm pausing here because this this I, I've been thinking 
literally about nothing else for the last two weeks, right? <laughs> and and it's in the dark for the last seven days. In the last two, exactly, right? Um, you know, another kind of vignette on this, right? So I was I was in the car where, of course, I have electricity, <laughs> and I was, I was listening to the radio, and. Um, you know, some serious channel, and they were they were they were doing some posthumous interview with Chris Cornell. And okay. I don't know if you know who Chris Cornell I, was. I know he was very the, well is, yeah. You're right. Okay. He's the, the lead singer and songwriter for like Soundgarden, Soundgarden yep. right? And and he was talking about this song that they were about to play, and it's it, the the song was "Fell on Black Days." He was saying, you know, what what's the song about? He said, well, look, I was sitting, you know, in my flat, and I was, uh, you know, just thinking, you know. I'm not as happy right now as I was this exact day a year ago or two years ago. And he's saying, you know, it's not like I had some big trauma that happened to me. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, uh, <laughs> you know, some event occurred to, to, to lower my station in life or my standard of living at the light. But, but, but I, I just all of a sudden realized, hey, things are not as good for me right now as they were a year ago. It just kind of happened, <laughs> you, yeah. Know? Yeah. You, know? you know? And I think we're all kind of coming to that realization. And, and, and obviously there's been a, a trauma, the COVID and, and, and the like, but, but it's more than that. It's, it's to your point about how you watched that interview with, with Jonathan Swan, and you kind of wait, wait a second, how, how did we get here? <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. How, how, how did we get to this? And, and, and I'm thinking about that so much these days. How did we get to this, whether we're talking about, you know, medical protective equipment provision to people, whether we're talking about companies and, and, and the way they do business, whether we're talking about the way we, we have our lives, whether we talk about, you know, carrying around these dopamine machines with us all the time. Wait a second. How did we come to this? And you're asking the right question is, okay, well, all right, here we are. Where do we go from here? Can we go back yeah. to, to, to a, a time when we weren't addicts to our dopamine machines and to the, where, where not just discourse, but, but, but everything about our social lives at big levels, the, you know, social life of our country and politics and markets to the, the social lives of our families and in our, in our interaction with our friends. And uh, I don't, I don't think we do go back. And, and, and that's why I, I, I think that the only response to this is to find little pockets of realness, people, human beings, it can start with your family, it can, 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 can broaden from that, who you don't think of in instrumental terms, who you don't think of in terms of, okay, what dopamine are you providing for me today? And, 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 and the, the, the only way out of this that I can come up with is to start with these bottom-up efforts to help a neighbor, to you know, support your family and your friends, to support your neighbors, to support, you know, strangers, but who are part of your community. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how much my personal life has changed from doing this, this, you know, PPE project of, you know, trying to get the masks and connect with people who need them and then give them to them. Sure. Right? It, 
and then riding with Epsilon Theory and finding people like you, Grant, and 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 finding that community. I don't know, man. It's the only thing that keeps me going. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear. It, it's it, it it it's got that feeling to it, and that's why, you know, when I when I see the Kodak thing, you know, I as someone uh, with, with a degree of understanding of the world of finance, am outraged on on one level. Um, just by the sheer chicanery of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm outraged on another level by, and perhaps for me, a much more intense level by the fact that it's done so brazenly. Yes. Because, because it's, that, it's that brazen attitude as though, well, either, either no one's going to understand what we're doing, which is, 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 to, is to ridicule those who, who do understand it, or it's no one's going to care, which is probably more accurate. Or more right. troubling to me, it's no one's going to do anything about it, even if even if they do realize. And that that last part hmm. is is the bit that I find the most troubling because everywhere you look now, this whether it's you know looters believing that well the police aren't even yeah. going to come near us, we can just loot with abandon, and and they've been proven absolutely right. Yep. Uh, or it's you know uh, the slap on the wrist for Elon Musk for his funding secureable you know a twenty million dollar fine and your stock goes up by thirty billion dollars uh, afterwards. Yep. It, yep. It's 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 big and small. It's this it's this total lack of any accountability that that really really I think when I when I sit and think about this stuff that really troubles me because as soon as you lose that. You you're you're on the way to you know what essentially is going to be a lawless society, and and when yeah it's you know I wrote a note about you know sociopathy right yes, I mean yes. because that's what it is is it's, it's essentially you know institutionalized sociopathy where everything is seen in instrumental terms right every human being is seen in instrumental terms not as a human being in and of themselves right and that that so so the laws don't really matter. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're something to be, they're part of a cost-benefit analysis, not something <laughs> that you should follow because it is right to not steal. This is going to sound really weird, but, but when, you, when you read the writings of, all right, I know this is going to sound hopelessly silly, but, but St. Augustine, right? who was a worldly guy living in Italy, you know, dealing with Rome. And, you know, he's, 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 he's in the life. And he decides that, or, or you know, whatever you want to ascribe his uh, conversion, right, to, to rethinking, right, what, what his role and what society should be about. He leaves, Right, it, 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 it's it's not that you can find some top-down political solution to this, and and I and I and I think this is so right that this is never going to change from the top down. It's never going to change from finding another sociopathic billionaire right to come in and <laughs> fix it. Right, it it can only happen, I think, over a period of decades, maybe centuries. And all I know to do right now is to distance myself, and that includes physical distancing, right? You know, Augustine moves to freaking North Africa, right, to to, to get away from Rome and 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 all that entailed, 
and th- so there, there, we have to find our distance. That there, there is a physical nature to that. Even more so, it's our technological distance. Is finding that space where the sociopaths are not able to intrude on you, yeah. to 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 push their messages on you, and then to to find more and more. You know, start with your family. Start with a couple of friends. Start find find ways to build these. I call them packs, right? The you know where where you are looking out for each other, where you're not treating each other as a means to an end, but as ends in themselves. That's all I know to do, Grant. And and yeah. and, and, and as a result, so many things that I used to take great pleasure in, like trying to figure out the markets, I don't enjoy it anymore. There, there's no, there's no there there to markets, right? They're not, they're not connected at all to real world economies and and no, and and, and businesses not. and the like. It's it's like, it's like watching a football game, which I guess I can enjoy as entertainment, but football games are presented to me as entertainment. Sports are presented to me as entertainment. The market is not presented to me as entertainment. And and it's not supposed to be entertainment, but that's what's been transformed into. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the markets. It's basically now it's the Harlem Globetrotters, right? I mean, it's absolutely it's entertaining, but you, you you know the Washington Generals ain't going to win. It's it's right. that simple, right? But uh, look, it's it's it, I, I mean, I, I despair sometimes, but like you, I I try and find you know bits of quiet, and I try. And, in fact, I was just talking to someone um, uh, over email, a, a, a good friend of mine who. Um, who is he'd kind of gone off the radar and I, I was i was checking mm-hmm. with him and he, he normally answers emails very quickly and he it took him a few days to get back and i thought oh, I he's okay and he said and he came back and said look i'm just sorry it would take me so long but i'm just taking some time to be away and i'm not checking my phone and i'm just quiet and still and just thinking in a you know a place out in the middle of nowhere and, and i thought you know what that's that's probably the way forward is to try and find that time, whether it's a few days or a few hours or a few minutes even, and, and to just try and, you know, remove yourself from this stuff. And, and you know, reading your notes, uh, it, they, 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 they perform two probably very critical functions. A, they make you understand how pissed off you really ought to be. And sometimes I don't think people realize quite the extent of this grift and, and and how upset they should be because if if the anger level was appropriate uh we would see it, an awful lot of things happening that I, I don't think would be very pleasant to watch but b they make you realize just how endemic it is and how mm-hmm. almost impossible it feels like right now it's going to be to shift and make it change well a, a couple of things right on on that i i think and this is what I try to do it in in the writing, and and I think it's it's something that that I, that I hope to communicate to people. I really do think it's possible to be both incredibly angry, which I am. I'm seething with rage. I am. I am. I, I yeah. you know the my catchphrase, you know, burn it the fuck down. I yeah. I really feel that right. At the same time, I think it's also po- possible to combine anger with empathy right anger anger doesn't have to be part of an i got mind jack or i you know my team is going to beat your team it doesn't have to be part of a top down uh blue versus red or you know in in rome you know the greens versus the whites versus the you know the different you know chariot teams 
it is possible to combine anger with empathy. And to extend that, you know, in, in, the, in the idea of, you know, finding your distance, whether that's physical or emotional or, um, you know, technological, I, I, I think that that is crucial for, for everyone in their own way. The, 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 the issue, and I keep wrestling with this, is what a luxury it is to have the wherewithal to find that distance, right? And I don't know what to do about the fact that millions, billions of people don't have that luxury to distance themselves from this egregiously corrupt system that has developed over a period of decades that's always been there, but is now even more accelerated and entrenched, right? What can I, what can we do for them, right? I, I mean, and, I, and it feels so, not small, but I, but I feel so inadequate to say, oh, I'm going to go off to, you know, North Africa and, and write about, you know, to look at Rome from this distance and, and, and write about it. And maybe in a thousand years, you know, it'll make a difference. That feels so inadequate. And yet, for, for me, I, I think that's, that's what I can do to, to, to try to help wherever I can in a, in a much more immediate physical sense. Uh, but I, I just feel like we're in a place in history where it's not possible to, you know, to, you know, to do something that changes it, right? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I really feel like it's, it has to be uh, covert and subversive before it can be overt and have a, you know, whatever, a new constitutional convention. So I, I say it's, it's, it, it's all I can think about. Um, and and I'm plagued by these senses of inadequacy because it's it's there is a luxurious part of this the ability to distance myself when I know that so many most people can't. Well, anyway, it's, it's, I'm rambling uh, at this point. No, no, I, I think I think before before it can even be covert, it has to be understood. And so I think mm. what you do with your writing is 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 help people understand it because a lot of a lot of the anger that you I feel, hope so. A lot of the anger, oh no, without question you do. I mean, a lot of the anger I think people feel is, is they just don't know what it is they're upset about. And, and there's this, right. there's just this feeling right. that, that the system right. is not working for me uh, personally. And there's a lot of people it isn't working for. And there's a few people it's working very, very well for. <laughs> but mm -hmm. boiling it down to the, the, the 0.1% and the rest is, is just, it's, it's way too simple. And, it, and it's, yeah. It doesn't give people the right outlet for that sense of injustice because you know what can you do, right? You know, how, how do you go and vent your anger at Jeff Bezos? How, how do you do that? Right. You boycott Amazon? Well, you can't do that. No. Do you do you go and stand outside his house with a with a banner? Well, okay, but that's not really going to help you. You know, there, there's no real way to do it. But I think by helping people to understand just how entrenched this culture, I don't even say has become, but is becoming is is more of a service i suspect than than it probably feels like in the moment thank you for saying that i i, I really do hope and i know that covid makes it difficult that everyone listening to this can find ways to connect with their pack 
right? Whatever that means to whoever's listening to this, that could be family, it can be friends, it can be it can be small, it can be large, but to 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 find ways to participate politically. And by political participation, I don't mean voting, right? Voting is the least important part of your political participation. Your political participation is what you do to help your community, to provide the things that politics is supposed to provide, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, and and, and what can each of us as individuals do in our small way? I, I tell you, it's everything. It seems small, but but those, those, but those small actions of building community and neighbors, it's everything. It's finding an alternative to the entertainment of markets and elections that we are peppered with every day. I know it seems small, and, and I feel those feelings of inadequacy sometimes a lot as well, but I, I, I've... I, I really believe in my heart of hearts that that is it's not just all we can do. It's what really matters. <laughs> it's what yeah. will really change things over time. Um, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, listen, it's uh, it's a perfect way to wrap up what is uh, yet another fascinating hour. You know, I, I love having these con- conversations, and and you know, oftentimes it's just you and me going around in circles trying to figure stuff out. But, <laughs> but you know, if you don't do that, what chance have you got? I mean, it's it's right on, um, brother. It's there's there's so much to try and process and and unfortunately you know people struggle to do that a lot these days because instantly either politics or religion or you know something gets in the way of actually just yep. sitting down with someone and kind of kicking ideas around and trying to understand things better. So look, th- thanks thanks for all you do with Epsilon Theory and and so there, I'm sure there will be somehow people out there that. That aren't familiar with that and allow me to do the plug for you to save you <laughs> yourself but but uh, for those of you out there that who aren't familiar with ben's work um you'll find out a lot more about it uh, at epsilon theory the, the website epsilontheory.com um it is in my view absolutely essential reading uh the work that ben and his partner rusty do is is unlike anything you'll find out there and and remarkably uh educational and it will make you think about yourself and about the world around you unlike anything else you'll find that's remotely connected with finance so i, I would urge you to seek that out and um and devour as much of it as you can um in the meantime all that's left really i guess is to is to thank you for listening to us uh ben thanks to you as always for this um we'll we'll, we'll do it again at some point soon but um uh, what, I'll, I'll leave your Twitter handle to you. How's that? You tell people where they can find you on Twitter. <laughs> I'm all Epsilon Theory all the time. So, so at Epsilon Theory is it. Thank you, Grant, uh, for you know, all, all that you do. And uh, uh, let's get back on the air soon. Let's do it. Folks, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. Nothing we discussed during the narrative game should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.